0: Father, Lord, I thank you so much for each person who's here. Lord, I thank you for your word, for the power that it has. Lord, help us tonight as we learn about the power of words and, and the power of, of our tongue and um, how it influences so many areas of our life. God, I pray that, that your spirit would speak to us, would show us uh, what we need to change, and, and show us how great you are um, so that we can worship you better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. James chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Next slide, please. All right. Here we go. We're just going to jump right in and read it. Chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. Right? If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. All right, lots of important things here. His first comment in this passage is to teachers, okay? He's saying a teacher needs to make sure that they know what they're saying because, why? We'll be judged more strictly by God, all right? Because because the words that a teacher says have huge influence on people. Whether people know it or not words have a huge influence and so people need to be careful that they don't just jump straight into teaching but what can happen is that someone might get saved or you know someone has a really great experience with something and and they wanna, they wanna instantly jump up and get in front of people and start teaching and uh, teach everybody everything uh, or some people just wanna make a name for themselves right they like, the, they like the position they like the power Um, they just like everybody looking at them and so so they want to get up and teach even though they might not really have that gift or uh, they might not really know anything you know yet you know they they don't have the full knowledge of of what they're saying Uh, so James is warning them be careful okay because words are powerful now, does this mean that it's bad to teach? Okay, very good. It doesn't. It doesn't mean it's bad to teach. It just means that you need to be qualified, right, Ethan? You. How many of you have ever been around a bad teacher at school? Right, every day, every day. I have bad teachers. Okay. How many of you got a bad grade just because the teacher was bad? Like you didn't learn anything, or, or even worse, even worse, what they taught you, what they taught you was wrong. Right? Okay. This happened to me on my on my uh, BGCSE for accounts in grade twelve. All right. Uh, we, I I walked into the exam and I looked at the paper and it was nothing there was nothing on it that we had ever studied and so I just you know I just assumed that I got an F on that paper I I got a D on it somehow Um, somehow I mean I think I think I think a lot of people complain that it was just a bad test so but that's what can happen a bad teacher can ruin lives And so just imagine now someone who doesn't know what he's talking about, not when it comes to accounts or English or anything, but when it comes to God. But when it comes to God and and what God wants for you in your life and how God wants you to respond to him, and he's telling you all these wrong things, how much more important is what he's talking about and how much more dangerous is it for a bad teacher to be up here telling you something that is not true? It's very important. Okay? So, that's what he's saying. Be careful. It's good it's a great thing to want to be a teacher, but he's just saying make sure you're qualified because God knows how important what we're saying is and and you'll be judged for it. He he wants you to make sure that what you're saying is right. So when I get up here, all right? Y'all don't know like every Friday night, I am like I'm like anxious. I am, like, weighed down. Like, and maybe, I don't know, some of you can tell, some of you can't tell. But I just know that this is so, like, real and important for you guys. I take this very seriously. And so, like, we try to have fun, but I try to make sure that the truth is in here. Okay? Because I know the importance of this, and I know that I'm going to be judged uh, more strictly for it. All right. Uh, The other point that he's making here is that, if you can keep your mouth under control, you can keep everything else under control. Now, the thing is, some people can't keep their mouth under control, right? He says, he says, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. What do we use bridles for? Horses, Horses right? so that we can control the horse, okay? Um, So he's saying if you can control your mouth, if you can control your tongue, if you can control your words, all right, including the words you type, okay? On Facebook and MSN and everything else, including the words you type, if you can control those, you will be able to discipline every other area of your life, every other part of your body, okay? So here's, here's the statement that we have for those of you who take notes. If I let my tongue run free or run wild, the rest of me is sure to follow. You can't just say, oh, that's the way I am. I just, I just say whatever I think and it, I don't really think about how people feel or whether it's true or that's just the way I am. Uh, I just have trouble controlling my mouth. Uh, I, just, I just like to tell jokes and rip on people. That's just who I am. Um, you need to be careful, okay? You need to be careful because, why? Because your mouth is so powerful that what you say influences every other area of your life. If you refuse to keep your mouth under control, there are going to be a lot of other areas that are going to give birth to sin and destruction in your life. And what did we learn a few weeks ago that when, when lust gives birth to sin, what does sin give birth to? Death. death. Very good. You guys are listening. Okay. When sin is full grown, all right, it gives birth to death. So, like I say, this includes the words you type. All right. Yeah, what that is. All right. anybody anybody know what that means? Don't say it. Don't say it. See, but you know what that means. All right. How about this one? Okay. Now, some of you know it. Some of you know what these mean. But listen, listen, guys, pay attention, please. I'm right here. Some of you know exactly what these things mean, but because you're on Facebook or because you're on MSN and you don't think anybody else is really watching or that no one else really knows what these mean, that you can get away with it. But what James is saying is that the words that you use, even your little, even little cuss words, you know that that you you know you, you kick your toe and ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, right? If you if you cannot control your mouth and what you say, then there are a lot of other things that are going to come trailing behind. There's a lot of other sins that are going to follow that words that you can't say. If you cannot uh, control your mouth, that shows a lack of discipline that will lead to a lack of discipline in other areas of your life. Okay, that's what he means. Uh, Proverbs 10 verse 19. Anybody can look that up for me? Proverbs ten verse nineteen. It says, When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Very good. When words are many, sin is not absent. My translation says, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. It's gonna happen. But he who restrains his lips is wise, all right? So make sure you're not just spitting out the first thing that pops into your head. Make sure you're taking time to think about what you're saying because it's so important to your whole body. Now, he, he gives some examples of this. In verses 3 through 6, he gives some examples of how something so small can control something really big, all right? Verse 3, says, now if we put the the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well." See? He's showing. That makes sense, right? Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. I feel like I'm competing with this side right over here. Alright? Guys, please pay attention. Verse five says, "So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things." That phrase there, "boasts of great things," uh, it just means it, it has the power to control things. Okay. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire? Uh, you guys know in California, they right every year, every year they have fires, and every year. People are being evacuated out of those homes, uh, just because just a, it just takes a tiny spark to start a fire, right, in a desert. Um, so, maybe 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 you don't believe that your tongue is that important to. Controlling all of the rest of your body, or that it has such a great influence on all the rest of your life. But James is giving you real examples of how something so small can control something so big. All right? Uh, We got the horse, we got a ship, we got a flame in a forest. So he says, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. What does that mean? Hmm. He's saying that the tongue has the power to influence every area of your life. This is the theme tonight. If... Let's look at some areas of your life. Let's look at your relationship with your parents. All right. How does your tongue affect your relationship with your parents? Do you ever use your tongue unwisely? When you argue with them? All right. I would say if you think your relationship with your parents is bad, look at how you speak to them. Some of you may feel like you don't have enough friends, or you don't have any friends. I would suggest, look at how you talk to people. Does, does every conversation have to be about you? Is everything that comes out of your mouth mostly negative, or, or a joke that cuts people down? That's kind of like my problem. That's something I like to do. I like to just tell jokes and sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're just mean. But I think I'm being clever. But really I'm just hurting somebody. And it's something that we need to repent of. How do you use your tongue? Do you use your tongue to compliment people? To build them up? To encourage them? Or, or is it just a tool to rip people down. How hard is it for you to compliment somebody? Think about it. Can you just compliment someone without like, telling a joke afterward? Just to like, make sure their head doesn't get too big, right? That's what we do, right? We compliment someone and say, and then we say something else afterwards just to make sure that their head doesn't get too big. Um, some people don't use their tongue at all. Right, some people are just really, really quiet, and don't talk to anybody. Okay, we don't talk to anybody, and then we wonder why people find it hard to talk to us. Or and and then you start calling people stuck up, you know. So your tongue affects your tongue affects so many areas of your life with your parents, your friends, uh, your work. If you, if you don't speak to your uh, co workers um, respectfully, it can be hard to have a good working environment. Your tongue just controls so many things. If you are a greedy person, it's going to come out through your speech. If you are a lustful person, it's going to come out through your speech. All right? So it's going to affect every area of your life. Okay. Have you ever heard of a rumor spreading like wildfire? How many of you have started those rumors? Yes, okay. Then tonight is for you. Um, we, like a, we like a good juicy rumor, right? We like it. Did you hear what so-and-so said to so-and-so? Yeah, boy, I heard what she said. Oh, she said this, but she got a good. And this is what happens. Are we trying to see how clever we can be? And I know some of you right now are saying, but it's it's just my tongue. It's just my tongue. Like, really, I'm not that bad. I really, you know, I don't really say a whole lot. And it's just my tongue. I, I'm an angel. <laughs> right? Really. The point of what James is trying to say here, all right, he says that... Uh, so the tongue sets, sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. What he's saying is that Satan knows exactly how powerful your words are. Some of you think, well, I'm just, I'm just young. I'm young and, and nobody listens to me. And, you know, But Satan knows how powerful words can be. And so what Satan wants to do is he wants to tempt you to use those words that you think about and let them come out of your mouth to cut people down and to build yourself up. To build up your pride while tearing down someone else. And all of those things that you say, that you think sound clever, what does James say? James says, they're actually coming from hell. They're actually being influenced by Satan. So do you want to be clever? And have your your words coming from Satan? Or do you want to be encouraging and have your words coming coming from Christ. That's what he's saying. So, the next slide. My tongue determines the direction of my life. Which way am I headed? Am I headed down a positive, encouraging road? Or am I heading down a road of just negativity and put-downs? And creating an atmosphere of of harshness around my friends, around my parents, around my teachers, around the people I work with, right? Your words have the power to change the environment. Think of, uh, let's think of Obama, all right? What's his, what, I, I don't know how any Christian could vote for Obama, but anyway, here we go, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The man thinks it's okay to kill babies. Sorry. Yeah, he's pro-abortion. What's his whole mantra for this campaign? One word. Change. Yet, what has Obama ever done in the Senate, in any Senate? The man has not produced one piece of legislation. He hasn't written one law. He hasn't done anything. But he can speak, right? He can speak. And he can get people all wrapped up in what he's saying, and so words are powerful. All right. So he gives a caution. He gives some examples of how, imp- of why this caution is so important, and now he's going to show us what happens when we don't follow the caution, when we, when we drive right through that warning sign. Okay. Verses seven through nine it says for for every species of beasts and birds or reptiles and creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. Did y'all know that they have a shark in Australia that they've taught how to talk? A shark in Australia that th- I'm I'm lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> y'all. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 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 <laughs> But I tell you, what, but I tell you when I'm te- when what I'm telling you is wrong. All right, I'm sorry. Can you trust me again? Will you trust me? Yeah. Too bad. Okay. All right, but let's think about this. That that word "tame" there. I mean, do you really take a, a lion into your house and say, "This is my tame pet lion," right? <laughs> His name his name is Cuddles His name is Cuddles all right so the the problem is that that word tame there in in the Greek doesn't really mean like tame like you can't make a, a humpback whale do a do a flippy twist thing whatever you can make Shamu do it but but not that what it mean, what it means is subdue okay what it means is we The human race is, we've learned how to subdue just about every creature on this planet, right? No matter how big it is. I mean, we can take down a 50-foot whale, right? We can can wipe out anything. So he's saying, the human race, we have learned how to tame so many things except our own tongue. He says, no man, no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. How do you feel when someone tells you to be quiet? Like every time I'm up here, I'm like, you guys need to be quiet. Please be quiet. Please be quiet. You can't do it. You guys can't do it. It makes you restless. Like, I just need to say something. I don't know what it is, but I just want to say something, anything, because I need to have my voice heard. That's what it seems like because you guys can't be quiet. Am I wrong? Okay. We still love you guys. But it shouldn't be a surprise, because the word tells us that, you know, our tongue is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. What's the what's the meanest thing someone has ever said to you? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kyle. Lydia's calling big nose. What's the meanest thing, what's the meanest thing you've ever said to somebody? Don't, don't, answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, don't answer, shh, come on. Uh, deadly poison, our tongue is full of deadly poison. Deadly poison, our tongue is full of deadly poison, that's what it says. And you, and you guys have experienced it, you've, you've been hurt by someone and you have said things that have hurt other people. Verse 9, it says, With it we bless our Lord and Father. This side. Come back. With it we bless our Lord and Father. Okay, we use our tongue to praise. That's a good thing, right? That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to use our tongue to praise Him, to bless His name, to to honor Him, alright? But then, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Hmm. <clears throat> See, uh, Christopher Christopher had this problem at Word of Life where he would like argue with teachers and stuff. And so they decided they were gonna cut his tongue out, and this is what happened. Alright, that's one. Let me show me the next one. All right, this is his tongue. That's a hole in his tongue. See, they're trying to cut it right out. Next one. This is a nice slice through. And the last one, and the last one. Look at that. See, so it really is Christopher. James shows us how easy it is to bless God, right? Because that's easy for us to do sometimes. We say, okay, it's praise and worship time. We're going to sing. And then we sing the words, right? But then as soon as we walk out, what happens? We talk bad about people who we have issues with, right? But what James is doing here, he's pulling out an extremely important point. He says, he says we bless our Lord and Father, and then we curse men who have been made in the likeness of who? Of God. So those same people that you're constantly arguing and fighting with and insulting are made in God's image. So what James is slyly saying here is that when we talk bad about others, in reality, we're talking bad about God. We're saying, God, what you made is pretty lousy. So, so think about that the next time you really want to tell someone how stupid they are or how ugly they are, all right, or how much you hate them. Because, listen, because you might as well be saying it to God. Are you guys listening? Okay. You might as well be saying it to God. If that's how you really thought about what you said, would that change the way you speak to people? If I say, "Wait, Anton, you stupid, buddy. What am I saying to you? What am I saying?" But then, but then I'm also saying, "Like I'm less than you." Yeah, and God's stupid for making you. See, but that's the thing. That's the unspoken part. But when you actually speak it, it makes it sound so much worse. And we don't think about that. But that's what we're actually doing when we, when we cut people down. So, uh, let's see. The next few verses. Verse 10. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Okay, he's saying that's not okay. No matter how much you want to say, well, this is just who I am and this is the way God made me and, and I can't change and I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life, James says, no, no excuses. This, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? The answers to all these questions are no, Right? Nor can salt water produce fresh water. When you were out of the wave, when you guys were out of the wave and you were thirsty, did you just? When you were in the ocean, did you just decide to drink the ocean? But you didn't. But maybe you would have hit a packet of fresh water. No, but you know better than that, right? You know better than that because it doesn't happen. The ocean is the ocean. The ocean is salt water. It's like Mitchelow said last week. It's like Mitchelow said last week, right? An apple tree can't produce oranges. You can try as much as you want. I know some of you will, will try to deny that and say, yes, they can. But no, they can't. All right? You could put the apple the orange tree. No. <laughs> yeah, see? Here we go. We're trying. We're trying, we, tr- we keep trying to find excuses, we keep trying to find ways. Guys, Felipe, thank you. And this is what we do, we try to find ways around what God actually says. Which I said, oh well this doesn't really apply to me because I'm going to figure out some way, you know, that I can get around it. Yeah, we're going to, very good. Yes. I don't know, Joy. That's not what we're talking about. Ask ask your bio teacher. Ask your teacher in biology, okay? But he's not making a point about fruit. He's making a point about you, okay? He's making a point about your speech. And if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be someone who follows Christ, if you claim to be someone who believes that Christ died for those sins of your tongue, then how can you... Stand there and just spew out all this venom against someone else that Christ died for. James is saying that as Christians and as people who have been saved by God, even though we didn't deserve it, we didn't deserve it, we should always be ready to show the love to others that has been shown to us by God in Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, even though you didn't deserve it, okay? Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty of death for your sins. And then he rose again. He came back to life after three days. And then when we put our faith in him, we get his righteousness and our sin Is taken away from us does that sound like a fair deal it's not a fair deal for him but it's a great deal for us right if I come up to you and I say I'm gonna give you a big pile of dirt and then you give me a you know a bag of money I made out pretty good in that deal right that's kind of what happens when we get saved and it's free and it's free and James is saying when that happens to us uh, we need to be ready to show that kind of love back to, back to others. So tonight, maybe there's someone who you need to talk to before we go into our praise and worship time. Because like he says, he says, we can't be trying to worship God, can't be using our tongue to worship God and then turn around and curse somebody or turn around and just rip someone down. It shouldn't be that way. Jesus said, if, Jesus said, it's pointless to bring any kind of offering to God if you already have an issue with someone. What Jesus says is, go deal with your brother, deal with your sister, all right, make it right with them, and then come and make your offering. Then come and make your sacrifice, then come and worship. That's what you need to do for God to accept your worship. So some of you might need to do that before we even go into praise and worship. And going back to the part where James says, no one can tame the tongue. We still haven't learned how to control our mouths. Our mouths are what get us in trouble almost all the time. No man can tame the tongue, but God can. How does God do this? Through the Holy Spirit that we receive. This is a fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Self-control. And so, see, that's, that's something that the Spirit gives us. That's not something we work up in ourselves. That's not something where I sit there and I say, man, I'm going to try to do better, right? I'm going to try really, really hard. But what we need to do is we need to offer that part of our body. We need to offer our tongue up to God and say, Lord, I need you to take control of this. I surrender this part of me to you. And God wants us to surrender every part to him. Because he knows what's best for us. I hope tonight you you understand the power that your words have. And that even if someone would use their words to hurt you, you would not turn around and try to use your own words to cut them down back. All right, let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for the power of it, for how it shows us so much truth. God, I pray that we would not uh, take our own words lightly, that we would understand that we can use them for for healing or for poison. Father, help us to to use our tongues now to worship you in sincerity and to not just turn around and and talk about others in negative ways. Lord, help us to to work out the issues that we have with those people. In Jesus' name, amen.